Welcome to Five and Five with ANZ. I'm Bernard Hickey. Well, the RBA surprised the markets and most economists yesterday, though not ANZ's, by pausing its cash rate again. And there's more good economic news from Richard Yetzinger. Is Australia going to have a bad recession after 400 points of rate hikes? I don't think so. He'll give the details in our deep dive later. But first, in Five and Five with ANZ. Number one, the RBA held its cash rate at 4.1% late yesterday, surprising the majority of economists who had forecast one more 25 basis point hike. Now, the markets were not so sure. They were actually pricing in a one-third chance of a hike. ANZ's economists forecast a hold. Here's senior Australian economist Adelaide Timbrell. The Reserve Bank has already decided and be very explicit about making a trade-off between not unnecessarily damaging the economy, but also getting inflation back into the band. Their forecasts uh, and our own forecasts of inflation um, all really point to probably being able to keep the cash rate at 4.1% and not needing to go any higher in order for inflation to come back into the band. That does mean, though, that we have a relatively slow uh, path from a 6% inflation to a 2 to 3%, we don't think it's going to hit the target band until 2025. And the Reserve Bank itself have said that they believe that the inflation rate will be back within the target range in late 2025. And how long do you think um, the Reserve Bank uh, will keep the rates on hold, given what we know now? The ANZ research forecast is that the Reserve Bank will keep rates on hold until late 2024. Our central scenario is that we won't need to see any more rate hikes than here. What that means is that even though rates will no longer be going up, they're already at a high enough point that they're actually actively slowing down the economy, consumer spending and borrowing as well. When we get to late 2024, it's likely that inflation will be close enough to the target band that we can start to see the Reserve Bank unwinding some of that restrictive rates. So while that means a rate cut, it would be basically be going from very restrictive territory, so actively slowing things down, to still probably slowing things down a little, but not as much as before. Number two. So remember, financial markets went into yesterday's RBA decision yesterday afternoon with a collective wisdom of the crowds seeing a 30% chance of a 25 basis point hike. So in effect, markets had priced in eight basis points of hiking. So when there was no hike, the Australian dollar became that little bit less attractive. Since then, the Australian dollar has fallen more than a cent against the US dollar, about 1.6% by early this morning to 66 US cents. And the two-year Australian government bond yield fell 12 basis points to 3.81%, and the 10-year bond yield fell 8 basis points to 3.97%. So wholesale interest rates down after yesterday's surprise. Number three, there are already signs Australian consumers are feeling a bit better because of this two months of pauses by the RBA. ANZ's weekly survey of consumer confidence out yesterday showed another improvement overall and in willingness to buy a large household item. 
ANZ Roy Morgan consumer confidence has risen over the last week, mainly likely because of the really great inflation number, which was lower than expected, as well as the expectation across a lot of people that the Reserve Bank would pause rates, which has happened. We expect to see consumer confidence uh, continue to rise uh, as the, that Reserve Bank pause extends, but you know, consumer confidence is still at an extremely weak level. We know that retail sales are falling. Our own ANZ observed spending data shows really weak household consumption as well. And open table bookings data also shows that year on year, we're actually seeing less restaurant bookings in Australia in June this year than we did in June last year. So despite, you know, some uh, elevated spending at the cinemas, really not seeing many other periods, points of strength in that household consumption data. Number four, there's more news overnight from the United States of a Goldilocks-style slowdown. The ISM survey of manufacturing contracted for the ninth consecutive month and was slightly weaker than economists had forecast. The survey also found hiring was slowing. Now, that will please the Fed, which is hoping to engineer a slowdown that's not too hot and not too cold. Number five, the main piece of economic data on the agenda today is in New Zealand, where we get jobs and wages figures for the June quarter. ANZ's New Zealand economist, Henry Russell, thinks it will show a slight easing in the market, although it remains very tight and a source of inflationary pressure for the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, which is, remember, also on hold. Henry sees the central bank watching a couple of key indicators. Things like the unemployment rate ticking up, underutilization and underemployment rising, hours worked, all these, there's a, a large number of indicators that will suggest that. What's also important is how wage growth is tracking. If we continue to see elevated rates of wage growth, that increases the risk that inflation will prove more persistent over the second half of the year. So Henry, New Zealand was one of the first to hike rates and then perhaps one of the first to stop hiking rates. And it's technically had a recession. How has the labour market coped with that very fast and large tightening of monetary policy? To some extent, it's been largely immune from the slowing we've seen across other parts of the economy. That obviously can't last forever. Forward-looking indicators of the labour market do suggest that unemployment will rise. The Reserve Bank's expecting it to rise very quickly. That remains to be seen. We're not yet convinced that capacity pressures are easing fast enough that inflation will get down quick enough. ANZ's New Zealand economist, Henry Russell there. Now it's time for our deep dive, where we spend five minutes or so on one fascinating topic or theme. Really dig into that hot area. Like, is Australia going to have a real recession? It's famous for not having one for nearly 30 years, but what about now, after 400 basis points of hikes? Surely that'll do the trick. Actually, no, says ANZ's Group Chief Economist, Richard Yetzinger, who's just put out an op-ed with that no-recession call. There's a range of reasons. Stronger population growth is an important part of that dynamic. The fact that if inflation starts coming down, the Reserve Bank has 400 basis points now of ammunition it can use. But also, just this resilience story in balance sheets, the strength in balance sheets, and obviously not every business and every household is in that category, but in aggregate, which is what matters for monetary policy and the performance of the economy, corporate sectors in very strong shape. Corporate debt as a share of GDP, the lowest since 1998, 25 years. 
and the household sector's net asset position still very, very strong. So um, what are the caveats to that call? No caveats, Bernard. Um, and the fact, the fact that that story applies to places like the US as well gives me some more confidence. Um, China, of course, is very, very soft, but it doesn't look like an acute problem. I think China's issues are longer term and more structural. Um, so if, if we're confident about the strength of balance sheets in Australia, the risk always is something offshore happens to swamp that story, but I don't see the risks offshore being all that material either. I see in your piece you've looked at uh, how conservative savers are with their investments, um, given the likelihood of not going into recession. Why do you think that is? Well, we're more than a year and a half into this global tightening cycle, and certainly for much of that period, there's been many calls for imminent recession, imminent recession, imminent recession in the US or Europe or the UK or New Zealand or various other places. Um, and we still don't have the deep recessions that those those calls were, were, were foreshadowing. And, and I think those calls have also been reflected in the way investors have approached this tightening cycle. One minute, it seemed like they were wrestling with the COVID dragon and then wrestling with the rate hike dragon. So I don't know that they've ever got behind a very front-footed investment stance, a very risk-on investment stance. In a sense, they've been playing from the back foot, really. And that means that I think the ability of markets to kind of propagate and heighten the impact of monetary tightening is not really there because markets aren't overexposed to higher interest rates. In fact, investors are, are positioned for much worse outcomes than we've been getting. Another factor in Australia is this very strong population growth relative to other developing countries. Um, how much of a buffer is that population growth? It's a big buffer. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And and being a, a small open economy, and there are a few of us, uh, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Singapore, Canada and the UK are a bit more medium-sized, but certainly in that category where you have a history of immigration, of settling people are moving from overseas and it's part of your policy architecture, it does give you some quite distinct advantages, particularly in an environment where everyone is thinking about demographics and, and ageing. Uh, Australia population growth in the year to June was around 2%. Uh, the year to next June will be a little bit lower, about one7 but if you think about what that means for the economy, you're, one of your primary inputs to economic growth is rising at nearly 2% a year. To have a meaningfully deep recession, the economy has to go backwards by meaningfully more than 2%. We, that's happened before, but it will take some doing if that's where we end up. And can that strong population growth continue for several years? Because it is partly dependent on, on political factors. I, I think it can. Certainly, it's it's in the projections for the budget. Both sides of politics in Australia have an incentive to keep the economy in headline terms on a strong footing. It's It's been, in a way, the go-to policy stance to deliver ongoing economic growth in Australia. But it, it, it also does go to, you know, Australia's claim of 30 years without recession it's a different task in Australia compared to maybe Italy, where demographic dynamics are very different and immigration dynamics are very different. Although now I've said that, who wouldn't want to move to Italy? <laughs> ANZ Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger there, although maybe it's been a bit too hot in Italy lately. 
I'm Bernard Hickey. That was Five and Five with ANZ for Wednesday, August the 2nd. Catch you tomorrow where we'll look at New Zealand's job market figures and take a deep dive into China's consumer economy. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.